The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit FVF.law. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening to Moon Tower Soccer. This week, we'll run through an assortment of roster updates, speculation, and rumors, and we'll also answer a few listener questions. My name is Landon Cottom, and I'm joined, as always, and as often from a hotel room, Mr. Jeremiah Bentley. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. I'm back at the uh, Omni and Corpus Christi, which is a place I've been coming to for 20 years and a place that I believe has definitely not been remodeled in those 20 years. So it's uh, they, interesting they know your time name here. there. <laughs> they might. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right across the uh, seawall from the Selena statue, which I will make sure and visit tomorrow and pay honor to the to the Tejano queen. So we were talking off air um, about the playoffs. I have watched not a moment of the playoffs this this time, I guess, in protest of this goofy format. Um, but I think you've seen a little bit of it. And we thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking about sort of some highlights from the results from both of us. Yeah, some wild stuff last night with the uh the referee taking out a Vancouver Whitecaps player as they were approaching what was probably Maybe. not, but could have yeah. been uh, an attempt at the tying goal and then calling it back, not because of that, but because the player was just slightly offside when the, when LA scored on the counterattack. So that one was kind of wild. Uh, I, I did watch all of both games in the Kansas city, St. Louis series and I mean, a it was Kansas City was just a lot of fun to watch in both of these games, and so that part was fun. I can't say I didn't enjoy watching uh, Jared Stroud be just very mediocre in both of these games after the whole Kip Keller saga. <laughs> and then another thing I wanted to mention, and I was scrambling to look up these stats to make sure I had them right, but I also am a little bit pleased to see St. Louis get knocked out. For the fact that like all the crap that MLS pundits gave Austin last year for being lucky and overachieving and and performing at an unsustainable level, the main stat that they were looking at here was expected goal or sorry, goals minus expected goals. Austin's uh, number last season was 13.1. St. Louis is 16.4 this season. And nobody said a damn thing about it. And it pisses me off. <laughs> and to today, today, Matt Doyle posted a tweet talking about how like regression to the mean, blah, 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 blah. And again, I'll, I'll like, I'll defend St. Louis here and say he used it to say, we all knew St. Louis would regress to the mean. It just depended on if it was going to happen in this game or next season. And just like, the statistical misunderstanding happening here uh, of what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but also I think regression to the mean again. Okay. Math folks, stats folks, let me know if I'm understanding this wrong. Would regressing to the mean not, not look like Austin having the same number of expected goals and scoring closer to that number. Right. Yeah. That's that was, would seem to be a similar, uh, that would seem to be what it means to me. Yes. Austin had fewer expected goals and still overachieved those expected goals by, I think it was only six or seven this year, but uh, it's not like, yeah, it's, it's the team was just worse this year. <laughs> it does not mean last year's team was bad and lucky. It's, it's a different team under different circumstances performing differently. And it, yeah, the whole 
the regression to the mean thing just ugh, it's it's so lazy to me it's lazy oh man and you reminded me when you mentioned your jared stroud thing i'm not going to say who i watched the cowboys game on sunday with uh on the air but there might have been some like hate dms to jared stroud uh <laughs> that, that went on they know who they are that went, that went to him as soon as that game was over because there's a lot of it's a lot of uh pent-up frustration about that guy and i don't i don't started. condone hateful dms but i i am fine with hateful watching in silence. Oh, okay okay <laughs> Uh, all right, let's jump into some. Uh, it's kind of a, a grab bag of of roster updates. Some confirmed, some mostly confirmed, uh, some maybe less confirmed than we thought they were. <laughs> uh, let's start off with the first one. We talked about the news that we broke last week about the Nick Lima trade. Uh, his wife Ashley mentioned in a sponsored Instagram post that they were moving. So that part one hundred percent confirmed. I think one or two days after that, she then starts asking for hair and nail salon, nail salon recommendations in San Jose. And I think that got some people thinking like, maybe the destination was wrong. Maybe they're going to San Jose. I mean, Jeremiah, I guess you're the one who provided that half of the information. Do you think that it's possible that he's going to San Jose instead? Or is this more of a thing that's where he's from? And so they're going to go spend some time there before moving it seems more likely to me that they would be going home to spend time maybe she's got a wedding to go to or something i don't know before moving like i don't know it just seems strange that he would be from like come from san jose to austin and then get traded back sort of uh given the circumstances like i i still feel i mean i'm not 100 sure that new england's a destination but i feel like not san jose still seems like the most likely destination for him yeah and he is from just up like that's where less their than home an is, hour's right? drive from San Jose. Yeah, that's where like he went to high school anyway. And so I would imagine he still has a lot of family there. So yeah, it, it's very possible they are just going to spend some time with family before moving to wherever that final destination is, be it Boston or elsewhere. I, I think it's also important to remember that we are not going to get an official announcement on this until I think it's December 11th. Is that when the trade window officially opens for, between MLS clubs? And so, yeah, we're, we're still, it, it's going to be over a month before we, like, before the club is even allowed to announce anything. So who knows if if uh, Tom Bogert picks it up or somebody like that picks it up and we get a more official announcement than what we said. <laughs> but we're not going to get an announcement from the club until almost mid-December. And then we did get one announcement. We got the uh, dreaded Tuesday news drop. Uh, on the day that last week's episode came out, we got the news that uh, that had been rumored that Ethan Finley was getting a contract extension. This is a, what, one-year guaranteed deal with a club option for the second year, if I remember right? Yeah, club That's option correct. for the second year. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I think, again, we, we said quite a bit about this one uh, on the show last week, but this seems like a good a good deal. Uh, regardless of, I, I know they're not giving him a huge raise, and so if... I think like the lower the number goes, the happier I'll be about it. But I'm, I don't think I'm going to see a number that's going to make me upset about this deal. Yep. And I do love that we got the three career U.S. national team appearances in the press release because just the, the Ethan Finley national team player narrative like delights me. I wonder if uh, they'll add those into Nick Lima's uh, profile, oh, Nick Lima's the, the next too? team that he's at if they throw in his national team appearances. <laughs> Maybe so. 
Uh, we've gotten, uh, so I'm, I kind of referenced before, not so official announcements, but we've got some Instagram posts confirming some exits. So Maxi Ruti made a post on his Instagram saying something about his last Halloween in Austin or something like that. And then Sofian Jafal also gave like a little goodbye tweet. Um, so those two, no surprises, right? We were expecting them to be gone. This is just slightly more confirmation that's actually happening. Uh, Valentin Noel on his Instagram made a birthday post to his Austin FC two teammate, Chris Pinkham saying happy birthday. And then in smaller letters saying, I'll miss you. You could read this two ways. One There's of one them, way. Yeah. One, one, one of them is I leaving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope no, no offense to Chris Pinkham. Seems like a lovely man. I hope it's Chris Pinkham that's leaving. Not Valentin Noel. Um, I looked it up and Austin do have options on Val's contract. And so if he is going to play for an MLS next pro team, and I couldn't find confirmation on this this afternoon, but I'm pretty sure if he wants to play for any MLS organization that some type of, of transfer or trade or some type of resources will have to change hands for him to play with another MLS team. So if Noel is leaving, it's, it's potentially like him leaving the country or something like that. Seems like a guy that's fairly settled in the U S um, I don't think like, that doesn't mean he won't leave in the future or something else will happen, but it seems to me like the very most likely thing happening here is Chris Pinkham uh, is not getting renewed. He's, 24 years old, a guy that barely played any minutes. That seems like the kind of guy you're not going to bring back on the next pro team. Yeah, I guess one thing on the on the guys out um, that is always going to happen, it's interesting, is there's just this um, everybody wants to make a bunch of wholesale changes until it comes to a guy that they like, right? You know, so yeah. I saw some like, oh, no, but not Nick Lima, you know, and it, even like, there's there's some people who are like Maxi Aruti fans, um, which I don't really understand, but uh, it's it's just kind of entertaining to watch people react to these to these moves. And I think a lot of it is just the affinity that we have for this this group of players, especially the ones that have been around for a while. Um, and what what Austin's down at can't be have more than like seven or eight um, players left in the original roster at this point. I think so. I think we've I think people are like emotionally attached to these guys in a way that maybe doesn't make sense logically. Yeah, I think some I mean, people. Me, me being one of those people sometimes. Sorry, <laughs> not that I'm not. I think some people's fandom appreciate the vibes so much of certain players that they're willing to look past the fact that he only scored one goal this season. <laughs> um, we have not, still have not gotten any official roster move announcements, and kind of wanted to check in there. Like, should we be panic panicking about this? Is this normal? Um, some of the reasons why this could be happening, this is 100% speculation here, but are they still negotiating some contracts? And if they are, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> are there some roster decisions that they think fans will be upset about? And so they're going to try to wait until a moment when folks aren't paying as much attention uh, and try to bury it under some other news or like release it the week of Thanksgiving or something like that. Um, I, I think one of the darker timelines is Danny Pereira 
posted a kind of cryptic message on his Instagram post on his Instagram recently saying something about like um, people, people value, like how much people value doesn't change what you're worth. I don't know, something like that. And so I think you can read that a few ways. Like you could read it as uh, he's negotiating for a new contract and the club isn't giving him the value that he thinks he deserves. It could also be about like a girl or something. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you could also read it as him being like kind of a young guy that's maybe a little bit of a loose cannon has got something going on in, in his love life, I think. Um, for sure. it, it, do, it, it does make me nervous that like this option year that we hope exists, like maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't want to consider that one too much. <laughs> um, I guess one of the other things that they haven't done that some other teams have done is is officially announce parting ways with anybody maybe it's because they don't have anybody super high profile like that but you know like uh the galaxy talked about chicharito i think colorado announced a couple relatively high profile players were departing like without giving the whole the whole list so um yeah i think there's fewer austin guys who would be a headline right yeah in this group that's that's um outgoing or potentially outgoing but yeah, I, I think it's important to look at like the reason why maybe we shouldn't panic. I think there's still only four teams that have made roster decision announcements. And that's out of what we were, we were counting up before. If we take the teams who are still in the playoffs as of the beginning of this, this weekend, I think there are 13 teams who are n- no longer in the playoffs and only four of them have announced anything yet. So it's still fewer than half of them. And so it's still, we're still not on the late end of this. Um, but I'm getting tired of waiting. (laughs) That's what it comes down to for everybody. Right. I think with the, with the season and especially, you know, not getting the results that everybody hoped for, uh, everybody's looking to turn the page and sort of figure out what the, what the canvas looks like for next season. So the first big set of announcements is going to be who's coming back and who's not, which which I think everybody's ready for. And we had some, rumor what last week maybe that they were sort of expecting it to come out relatively soon well, and we haven't seen it i'm pretty sure josh wolf said in one of his last press availability oh in the postseason press conference that I think he was right. like we'll start hearing stuff soon <laughs> that didn't happen yet he's got a different definition of soon than we do i guess wolf time is different than human time <laughs> yeah and then one of the other things that we t- that we covered in this segment that also has come up a lot just in conversations is how much news and speculation comes out of Instagram posts and I guess mostly Instagram posts. I was going to say in tweets, but I don't, I don't see that much of it. And I don't feel like in any other sport that you see that. Like I follow a lot of athletes on the teams that, that I care about. And I don't, I don't like over analyze every single thing that they're posting about when it comes to like, is this about their contract or is this about a girl or whatever? And I think, I just think it's an interesting thing about this league. And I know a lot of people do that. And I know a lot of, you know, a lot of Austin fans follow players really closely and message back and forth with them, them and stuff like that. And I think, think it's an interesting phenomenon. And um, I was curious about like, wh- why do you think it's this way? I, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with like the, the relative fame level of players in MLS and them like not being used to people paying attention half the time. Like because of that, I think players like don't have the same um, 
social media training or like the fear of letting something slip on social media. And they, they, they're feel like, and outside of social media too, right. Just like talking to people around town and like things like that. Like think people are just like less careful about it because they don't expect anybody to care. Or if they do care, like who are they going to (laughs) tell? Right. Right. Well, and yeah, that's true for sure. And part of that's the, the connection. And you know, the fact that, I mean, we joke about, like I was telling you about, like seeing Hulu Cascante drop his kid off at like daycare. It's like, oh, pro athletes are just like us. But like Major League Soccer players in a, while, a lot of ways are a lot more like your average person than yeah. your NBA player, or NFL player, or Major League Baseball player. Just because of the money, because of the, it was the like pretty they move like, around so much. Every NBA player like the, that is on like an NBA roster, is it safe to say that all of them are millionaires? They should be. I mean, they've almost all made enough money. I don't know what the minimum salary is, but it's multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. And yeah, so like they're all making way more money than than like most MLS guys. And so, I mean, a prime example of this, Hernan was posting screenshots of Nick Lima selling exercise equipment on Facebook Marketplace. And so like under his own name. And that's the thing, like imagine an NFL player doing that or imagine an NBA player doing that. And it's like, I, I think it just goes back to like not expecting people to know who they are or if they do to not care that much. Yeah. The average in the NBA minimum salary is $1.1 million. So you're right. Anybody yeah. that's on a full NBA contract is making more than almost everybody in major league soccer, um, which is probably a lot of it. And there's just the, the connection part too. I think we probably care more than, than anybody about these guys just because just because of that also just because of the community and i've never had that you know i've never been this close to a team or cared this much about one so that's another reason why i think people probably follow more closely than they might otherwise um i think we want to talk about some high profile free agents that may or may not be available and then also talk about uh denny Pereira going on a podcast this last week and some takeaways from that First, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Moon Tower Soccer. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FEF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC. FEF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency, and client education. You can go to FEF.law to find out what makes FEF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's FEF.law. Amplify Credit Union is a member-owned financial cooperative that served the needs of Central Texans for over five decades. Amplify's team lives and works in the community, making them the experts on how members can achieve their financial goals. What makes Amplify different? No bank fees. Amplify is the first financial institution in Texas to put an end to bank fees. In 2022, Americans paid almost $8 billion in overdraft fees alone. Millennials pay an average of $336 per year in bank fees, which works out to six Austin FC game tickets per person per year. That does not include the SeatGeek fees, as we were talking about off-air, which are kind of annoying. You'll pay none of those. SeatGeek fees are kind of like bank fees. You'll pay none of those with the Amplify credit union. Amplify membership is open to any Texas resident. Learn to trust your bank again at Amplify Credit Union. To learn more, go to www.goamplify.com slash moontower. Our premier sponsor, McGuire Woods Consulting, helps companies and nonprofits navigate the political process at the Texas Capitol and also at the city and national level through lobbying, communication strategies, and general advocacy. 
with offices across the country and in 10 MLS cities, including Austin, Houston, and Dallas, McGuire Woods Consulting is solidly Verde and Black. Learn more about our friends at McGuire Woods Consulting at mwcllc.com. All right, we are back. We're going to start out talking about Danny Pereira. He went on a podcast called Estamos Ready, which is hosted by a couple of Venezuelan sports personalities, uh, Carlos Mauricio and Grevis Vasquez. And it was, I mean, it's, it's a good little, good little interview. I think it was in audio and video form. And I watched the video on YouTube. Um, so Estamos Ready, is this bilingual or... It was all in Spanish. All in Spanish. Okay, that's just an interesting uh, I, title. I, I I wasn't familiar with the guys. Carlos Mauricio, I think he does Spanish language stuff. It looks like he covers mostly baseball. Um, and then Grevis Vasquez is a former NBA player. Um, but they, they, one of the things they talked about is Grevis played, like is from Venezuela, left the country, came to the U.S., played college ball, and ended up making it to the NBA for a couple of seasons. And so he was, they were kind of like comparing stories with him and Danny about like leaving Venezuela when he was young and trying to find his way through college and like not really, the Danny didn't speak English when he moved over here in high school. Right. Um, and so he kind of shared some stories about that, like how similar their, their paths were, but uh, two of the most interesting takeaways that I got from it were number one, they were asking him about his, um, his time with the national team and Danny goes on to talk about how it's been kind of complicated by his visa status. So his passport is apparently expired. He's dealing with that and working on getting a O one extraordinary ability visa, which is, I believe that's the one that most athletes get when, whenever they come to the U S and he was saying that he hopes to have it by February or March, which would mean then he he would be able to play more with the Venezuela national team. As of right now, you can only play with them when they come to the U.S. essentially. And that would allow him to then travel wherever they are playing and get more call-ups from them. So that's exciting. What he yeah, didn't say... Give more exposure, right? To everybody yeah. else. And I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing we just need to be ready for. Like, it, it's sad to think about, but like it, it would also likely make it easier for him to leave Austin FC. Hopefully when he does that, it's for a boatload of money and we can all send him off with, with love and good memories. Uh, <laughs> but it, it this probably does make that easier for him. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is Carlos was asking him about the position that he's like played, how he's, he's played more attacking roles his whole life when he was younger and in college, but moved to defensive midfield with Austin. So the way that he sets it up is he's kind of giving Danny the opportunity to say like, yeah, it sucks. The coach moved me there and I hate it, but it, like it, it is what it is. And he starts by saying like, yeah, Josh, whenever I got here, he told me like, we kind of want to do this for like, move you into this position a little bit more uh, deeper in the field. And when he was talking about that, Danny goes on to say, I have more control of the ball than vision to score goals. I don't have that spark to score goals. Every once in a while, sure, but not enough to play in a game as a 10. So I ended up as a six. And then he kind of continued about like what that progression was like and how difficult it was and that he had to do a lot of studying, learn a lot and just get physically stronger. But then 
he ended it and I, I I left this part in Spanish. I didn't translate this bit. And Jeremiah, with your Duolingo, would you like to read how he ended Wait, his statement or... talk, talking about uh, his new position? Well, he says now he loves it. Oh, me encanta. That's right. Which uh, I don't know. I found that a little surprising. What, what's your take on that? Uh, well, I, one, it's really cool to hear him talk about it, you know, because we don't hear a lot of like commentary out of Danny like this. Um, and I'm a little, well, I don't know. That's great. I'd say it's good. I mean, I'm a little bit surprised, like given what a lot of Austin fans and maybe we think about where he should play or be or do, and maybe how he's not, you know, this stereotypical number six defensive midfielder. And he doesn't play that, you know, way now too. to, to hear that he loves it. I think is, is, is great. Um, it maybe speaks to him maturing as a player in person more than anything. Yeah. And I, I think it, I mean, I think it's still a valid argument to say that like, that's not his best position. Um, I, we, we've talked about many times. I don't honestly know what his best position is, but uh, I think it's, I think it's a fair and like valid argument to say it's not the six, uh, but it does dispel some of the, like some of the fan fiction that he's being held hostage there against his will and that, that he wishes he could play further forward. It seems like he's relatively happy there and is kind of enjoying learning the new position. Well, I feel like some, it also shows these guys are realists, realists in a way that we maybe don't always appreciate. Cause like we, when we had the conversation with John Gallagher about where he wanted to be, you know, he was like, well, I want to play a long time and like make a difference. And so I'm, I'm a fullback, right. Regardless of like what he wanted, where he wanted to play or do growing up. And I feel like maybe this is a little bit of this from Danny too. It's like, he understands like, this is a place that he, that he can excel at um, maybe long-term. And so he's just, he's going to go with it. All right, let's move on to talk about a couple of high profile MLS players who are no longer attached to a club. Uh, one of them is Javier Hernandez, better known as Chicharito. He is 35 years old. He made 7.4 million guaranteed in 2023. The LA Galaxy announced that he will not be coming back. I think he was on an option year this year, and they announced that they're not going to pick up his option. He only scored one goal and had one assist in nine games before tearing his ACL early this year. But the two years before that, I know he had kind of, I think he came in the second half of his first year and didn't, didn't do so hot, but then scored 17 goals and 18 goals in the next two seasons, respectively. And then... Um, it's had some, some injury issues since then. The other is Joseph Martinez, 30 years old, made 4.4 million guaranteed in 2023. Uh, he's, he's had some decent years recently, but he, like, he hasn't been that Joseph, the, the, was it 2019 when he just, that sounds, yes. Or 20, 27, I don't no, know, whatever it was earlier, it was earlier 2017, than that, yeah. 2018, around there, whatever year that was when. Uh, he's just destroying the league for a couple of seasons. Like we haven't seen that guy in a long time. He's, he's not really been able to stay healthy. And when he has been healthy, he hasn't looked like the same guy. And so my question is like, would you, would you be willing to take either of these guys onto this Austin FC roster? And at what price would you be willing to do that? And I guess our number one assumption is Austin has some amount of money in order to be able to sign these guys. Cause like, Austin FC is constructed right now. Like the the like, there's no, yeah. I mean, even options. Let's assume. I mean, we can't. 
I, I, I let's mean, assume Austin can get there. Austin can clear some amount of space, yeah, right? Let's say, okay. let's, let's, let's say they can make room and they have this opportunity. Should they do it? And what's your like upper limit? My upper, I would, I don't, I'm, I'm done with these guys. I'm done, like the, this profile of player specifically. And um, maybe like being excited about Giassi and thinking he would have a bounce back season this year and him not having that um, has me like, you know, jaded a little bit from it, but old expensive attacking players, Austin seems to have had an abundance of, and it does not seem to have worked out. And I would rather spend the money somewhere else, which I think maybe gets back to something I've been thinking about. Like a lot of times people want to talk about who who's awesome bringing in or like what, what players should they target? And those were some of the questions maybe we even got um, like on the Patreon. But like for me, it's going to be guys we've never heard of yeah, who are younger players from somewhere else. And I like, I can't even speculate on the whole world, but I can't think of a really good situation where like signing a guy that was a big name came in and really made a difference for a club in a positive way. Other than, if, other than being like, Obviously, Messi worked out for Miami in terms of brand exposure. Or if you're LA and you've got an unlimited amount of money, you can afford to do that. But just your average team, like I don't think that kind of deal makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I am less averse to players over thirty than I think some Austin FC fans are. But in certain circumstances, if we had a couple of like young, promising guys and we're filling out the second or third striker position with an older player to come in and just play some spot minutes and we could get them for a reasonable number where they weren't going to take up a DP spot, whatever. I'd be like, yeah, like if Chicharito feels like, like it looks like he's going to come back from this injury and like have another year in him and do it for a relatively cheap price. I mean, just for like the kind of like the, the marketing and excitement around the fan base to have a guy like him in the team, that would be huge. And then also like, Again, I see, like, he scored 18 goals last season. And so if he can come back from that injury, it's still there's still value there. But if you're already a team, as you said, like we've got several older guys who have revealed themselves as um, a little bit injury prone, maybe guys you can't rely on to go every game. Bringing in another one of those guys makes me extremely nervous. And so, yeah, I would... I would not bring in either of these guys. And, and when you talk about Justin Martinez, you also bring in uh, some maybe some locker room baggage and a guy who in the past when he's not been happy with with all of the circumstances has he's, seemed he's to be through, like a pretty right? difficult person. <laughs> yes, for sure. And then we also got the, uh, I guess, uh, Lewandowski's out. So we'll, we'll now get the every... 30-something European player is going to be connected to Major League Soccer in some way, and people are going to wonder about whether they should end up in Austin or not. Um, and I think you have a fairly strong opinion on the val- how valid <laughs> how much uh, stock people should put in any of this speculation or discussion. I Yeah, I, I guess the way that I said it off-air, I would like to clarify now for the listeners, but like for any big European stars... Um, the younger their age is, the less credence you should give to any rumors they're going to come here. Uh, like, because like, you see it with guys who are like, like Griezmann has been linked with MLS for like five years now. And I, what is he? He's still only like 31 or something, I think. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Lewandowski is a guy like, I don't 
I don't think he'll come now, but it's it's possible that he could come to an MLS team. But the the part I think is funniest is like whenever some generic anonymous MLS transfer account says this guy's linked with MLS clubs, like every MLS fan base starts getting excited. Like maybe it's going to be us. Maybe it's going to be us. And the reality is like a lot of these guys at this point in MLS's growth are only going to go to a handful of markets. And that's just the reality still. Yeah. And that's probably already by the time that rumor gets out there, they, they know like which of the two or three or four places they're, they're interested in too. Although this one's uh, there's a lot of rumors about Chicago, which would be an interesting pairing with uh, Shakiri. Like given yeah. disappointing European players, but also one that maybe makes sense. Yeah, I could see I could see that happening. Uh, but like Austin, I know we all love Austin, and Austin has a reputation within the US now, but among global I was gonna say soccer players, but global people in general, most people in other countries have never heard of Austin. And like, you could look it up and like, say like, oh, okay, that actually looks like a cool place. And you can talk to people and say like, yeah, that maybe that would be a good place to live, but it's still not Los Angeles. It's still not, uh, and uh, regardless of what you think of Miami, like when I lived in Spain, that was one of the places that people had either been or said they wanted to go was Miami. Like Miami has a a much bigger, bigger reputation outside of the U S than it does within the U S. And so I think there's just like some cities, some markets have the cachet of what these players think they're getting into. And then also just like some of the markets actually do have these things. LA is a place where you can go and like live in amazing weather year round and kind of live like a superstar. And they, there's like an infrastructure there to live comfortably as a superstar. Right. <laughs> And, and it's all those places are it's easy to get to the rest of the world from those places right. too, which is not which is to be not that Austin and Dallas and Kansas City and Minnesota aren't beautiful places, but it's also like it's like if you're international, the travel becomes a burden in a way that it isn't and you're in a coastal city. Yeah, and I think eventually MLS could and probably will get to a point where uh like the best NBA players will go wherever somebody's going to pay them, right? Like the best NFL players will will move to cities that they maybe don't care about or don't even like, but it's the the team is good and they're going to pay me a lot. And so I'll go there. And I think MLS will get there, but it's not there yet. I think high profile international players are going to be very picky about what markets they move into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's take a another quick break and then we'll come back and we're going to answer some listener questions. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by Covert Ford. The Coverts have been, have been meeting the needs of local car buyers for 114 years because of their service, financial expertise, and support after the sale. In addition to supporting car buyers, Covert's an important part of the soccer community and the official automotive partner of Austin FC. This week, we're going to talk to you about a 2023 Ford Mach-E on a 36-month lease. You can get it for $499 a month with $39.24 down with first payment. This is stock number 223-2485. The MSRP is $45,295, but with dealer discounts and rebates, again, you can get it for $4.99 a month with $39.24 down. See the website for details. If you're in the market for a new used vehicle, be sure to check out covertford.com. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by Sage Wilson Realty. 
If you are someone you know or in need of Sage Real Estate advice in Austin, talk to our friends at Sage Wilson Realty. Be sure to check them out online at sagewilson.com. All right, we are back. We had um, Adrian Healy and Michael LaHood on a couple of weeks ago and had them help us answer listener questions. And we had so much fun and spending time with them that we were not able to get to all the questions. So we're going to go through and try to get through a few more of those today. So let's start off with one by Robert Miller. Uh, this one, there's a few questions in this question. So Jeremiah, do you want to... So paraphrase yeah, let's paraphrase. Yeah, let's paraphrase a little bit, and we will not. We will be answering these as ourselves, and not as Adrian and Mike too. By the way, just because <laughs> a couple of them we had to leave out, we're like specific to them. So uh, the first one here is we've got Diego, the Diego Fagundes trade. We don't know exactly how much Austin got out of it, but a significant amount of Gamtown for 2024. Um, do we see Austin using that money to pay down ring salary to buy another DP? That's the first part of the question. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I think we can answer this one. I, it's going to depend, right? Because at the moment, we Alex cannot still sign roster? another. Oh. Well, I mean, Alex Ring is still oh, on the roster, yeah. but he's not the he's not the biggest uh, impediment to this. If Rodney Redis is, has another contract here and we keep him, uh, him and John Kolmanich give us too many U22 initiative players to have another full DP. And so a few things have to happen. Like one of those guys needs to go. Musa Jite needs to stay on loan. And if we're left with just one of those three U22 initiative players, then we could buy down Alex Ring and get a, a full DP, but not, not maxed him at 1.7 million or whatever. It could be as much money as we want to pay him. We could get that full third DP as it stands. Now, Alex Ring has to be that guy. And we could, we could buy him down if we wanted to, but it would just be, to bring in another max another Alex player. Ring. so yeah. it would be one for one essentially and wouldn't really help us that much right and this this next this next one is we've talked about the midfield a fair amount uh it kind of in in the real world what the austin midfield looks like and what the options are um if it was up to you would you play like a more defensive midfield a more offensive midfield like who are your players that you would slot um into the midfield yeah i mean with the guys we have, and we've talked about this on the show, like I I don't see an obvious answer or like a clear answer to fit all of our best midfielders on the field at the same time. And, and not even best, the ones that fit together best. And we talked about whenever Adrian and Michael were on, how in that box midfield that Austin had been playing for a lot of the season, where you have two sixes and two tens, essentially, there's no eights there. And I think Danny's best spot is probably as like a, a double pivot with the more defensive guy playing next to slash behind him. Um, in that system, he has to be one of the deeper guys, essentially. And so uh, like what we have now, it's Ring, Valencia, Pereira. And I've said like, I think Valencia fits better in a, in a true double pivot to sit deeper. And so... I think maybe what I would do is in kind of a rotation of the, like those four guys, the two deeper sixes, the two further four forward tens, you can play ring at either of them. And so maybe if it's a, a game where we think we're going to have more of the ball, we're more confident in being able to, to play with the ball a bit more. You could play ring a bit further forward next to Drew. You see play Danny as one of the deeper guys. 
if it's a game where we're going to be against it a little bit more and need to be more defensively solid, maybe you bench Danny, which sounds again, sounds crazy, but like play ring and Valencia deeper. Uh, Danny sits and comes on late. And then because like, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think he can play in the, one of those attacking ones, but would you, would you change the shape entirely? Let's say like, we're not beholden to that's, that shape. Yeah. That's, that's, I think the more question to me, like, cause it can definitely see a spot where if you have, I mean, it comes, it comes down to what, what you could do with Alex ring, but like, yeah, Valencia is sitting deep by himself all the time. Danny ahead of him in the eight, which is probably his best position. And then some combination of ring, but and then where Dr- you put Drusi? Like, yeah, you get. I mean, you get to put, put Drusi up front. That that means putting Drusi as kind of a yeah. weird, like inverted winger kind of thing, or as the striker. Yeah. And so, it gets hard to fit all the puzzle pieces together there. I noticed you did not talk about Owen Wolf among the puzzle pieces too. But I, I mean, I I still see Owen as like um, rotate him in. Yeah, he's the fourth else. of those guys. I guess that's yeah. the other. We can agree this is maybe the one position where the one position where Austin doesn't need extra depth too. Like yeah, feels, I mean, in like, one spot, Austin's solid right now. The fact that Johan Valencia looked decent at the end of the season, and like we're expecting Owen Wolf to just continue to get better, like these are good problems. If you can't get all your good players in the field, that's a good problem to have. And so maybe it's fine if we're like sitting one of them on the bench all the time. Kellen Acosta doesn't start most games for LAFC because their midfield is just too good for him to be in there, which is crazy. He's, he's a really good midfielder. And so if we can get to somewhere even close to that level, maybe that's fine. And we just, some guys start some games, they don't start the other games and that's just how it is. Um, But I do think, so let's say if you did do whoever, if you went to more like a traditional four, two, three, one, and you played Drew, as that 10, He's not like I know, like Adrian, and I've heard other people say that they think Drusy's being used out of position, and maybe that's true. I'm, I won't argue that now, but I don't think, like, as a tin, he he's not Lucho Acosta, he's not uh Babella Reynoso, like, he's a much different player than those guys, and so I don't, I still don't think he's the guy that you're you want to get a million touches and be like pulling every string. He is, as we saw in 2022, like when he scored 20 some odd goals, he was playing a bit further forward and kind of acting as a second striker. A lot of the times, what that means is we need another creative player creating chances. We had that in Diego Fagundes in 2022. We didn't have that version of Diego here this season. And now he's not here at all. And so regardless of who's in the game, who's there, we we have to find someone else who's going to be able to create chances because A, I don't think that's Drusi's game entirely. And but B, like in order to get Drusi playing his game, he does need someone else creating chances there and we just didn't really have that most of the season. Yeah, and that's going to be really hard to do given what we know um Austin's current contract situation and flexibility is. So like this is going to be an ongoing issue in 2024 also. And then this final question is, do you see an Emiliano Rigoni redemption arc? Uh, I, at, at the I end don't. of 22, I was still hopeful. At the end of 2023, I feel like I know who he is, and this is just what we're going to get. Yeah, I think it could be a little more productive. I think our expectations are probably a little bit too high. So, you know, the... 
eight to 10 goal Rigoni, I feel like is the best redemption arc that we're going to get um, out of him. Yeah. And I, I think there is still maybe if you get that, that chance creator in this team and, and they start clicking a bit, I do think he can be a more useful player for sure. Um, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be useful enough for us to all feel good about how much money he's on and how much money they paid to get him here. But I mean, that that's water under the bridge at this point, right? If we can just get a decent season out of him at this, at this point, then that that's fine. I'll, I'll be thrilled with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now we're two years into, you know, this, the, this contract thing, like it's it, the, it's a little less harder to stomach every year. Cause like you're sort of getting toward, toward the end of it where, um, yeah, like it's not a big forward out, you know, go forward going like cost that we have to worry about too. So let's okay. Trevor Allison, if we clone 10 more of every player in Austin FC and they're on the same pitch as the original and put them all together and gave them time to train together, which players would make the best team. So which of the Austin FC players with their 11 of them together would win a knockout tournament. So, would elect this example here is would 11 Danny Pereira's beat 11 Yohan Valencia's? <laughs> I think we've answered a similar question to this in the past, but they didn't phrase it as like a tournament against the other players in their cloned forms. I do you have do you have an answer? Who would you who would you go for? I'm, I may still go for the same answer I had before the last time we did this, which may have been last year, but I feel like 11 John Gallagher's are going to have the most flexibility. Um, over anybody, although they're probably not going to like uh, have a lot of luck on set pieces against eleven of <laughs> yeah. the other people on the team. Um, but I would still, I would still go with that. I feel like John's still got like the most versatile skill set on the club and has been an attacker recently enough that a clone John Gallagher could remember how to do that. Um, so that will that will still be my answer. Yeah, I think I think there's like risks and rewards regardless of who you choose, right? And Gallagher, I think. You have the speed, a little bit of attacking ability, um, but it might be like, does he have enough attacking ability to beat one of the other teams? And does he have enough defensive ability to deal with uh, 11 Julio Cascantes playing crosses into themselves? <laughs> True. <laughs> I, oh man. The Julio Cascante. Are you going to talk yourself John into Gallagher. Julio now? No, I'm. I'm just okay. imagining that specific matchup. That would be fun to watch. I think. <laughs> um, I yeah. I I think my answer would have to be. I think Alex Ring would be a decent shout simply for that fact that I think you he would be decent like a back four of all Alex Rings. It's not the best backline in MLS, but it might be the best backline in an all Austin FC against Austin FC. Um, so, and then he also has some attacking ability and so could, could still score some goals. Probably, uh, my other option, I think would just be Drewsy and just say like, pick the most talented guy. And, and uh, just... he's, he's strong. He's like a decent athlete. He's pretty, pretty like sturdily built and strong. Um, so he can hold his own better than some defensively. And then you just expect him to score more goals than everybody else. And he probably would. I mean, honestly, that's probably the best. Uh, any other dark horses here? Uh, no, I don't. I can't come up with anybody else. I mean, now that you put the Julios, 
the Julio's in our heads. Yeah, I'm going through here. I mean, like Danny Pereira gets torn to shreds defen- defensively, right? Just and he can't finish, right? According to his <laughs> own. Uh, Reg- I mean, Ragoni is maybe not a terrible shout as far as just because he's like a guy that is an attacking player, but he's of a bigger stature than a lot of the offensive player guys. So maybe he could hold his own defensively, but not my first choice still. Yeah. All right. Let's go to this Taylor Coppin question. And I, this is not something I've experimented with. And it's going to be the second time. I think week in a row that, uh, one of these, um, places that come up, use chat GPT plus what is this? Dolly. I've never seen it. Dolly is like the image, like AI image generator. Which is the one you use to make your hot dog guy. That's um, correct. My, my wrestling, hot dog wrestling, wrestling concept. So if anybody that's uh, been on Twitter, I think, or maybe Instagram and seen that, they will be familiar with it. To share your designs for your ideal new Away Kit in 2024. So I think you tried that and it did not work very well. Yeah, I was putting in some prompts. I have I have a subscription for work now. And so I'm, I'm sure they'll be happy to hear that that's what I was using <laughs> my access to that to do. But I couldn't, I had, I struggled to like get it to give me back what I wanted. But um, honestly, the no comply like skating shirt, I actually really like that one. And so if that were just the home kit uh, in a couple of years, I would be perfectly happy with that. Um, but aside from that, I mean, I've, I've said this on the show before. I like a like a simple, more like classic looking kit. And so honestly, like the Sentimento mint green kit, that might be my favorite Austin FC jersey ever. And that probably is mine. And that's so just as a reminder, that's the one that's going away. So now we've seen two right. away kits. Uh, one was like plain white. One's plain mint. I think, think the, the plain plain white was like the boring expansion year kit. It's like... You're going to get one okay one and one boring one. And then and the I, whole league had that, if I remember that year. like It was a similar template to what everyone yeah. was getting, yeah. So I like the mint, but I, mean, I assume that we were going to get a plain colored kit of some sort as the away kit yeah, this well, year. Like, what direction safe? would you like them to see them go with that? Well, first of all, I'm going to be sad there's no moon tower on it. because um, I will miss that one. Um but I think like I feel like it has to be something simple, especially with this. Apparently, the stripes are going to be the thing that we lean into for the home, um, the home kit, and like we've got a bunch of them going on right now. Like I would like to see just a plain, clean, and some shade of green. Well, is there kit. a shade of green you would want? Would you want them to go like highlighter, or do you want them to stay like a muted thing? I again? want I want to stay pretty clean on that. I feel like a, and I feel like that's what you kind of have to do with that kick as teams get a little showier with their home ones to like not clash against something else i don't do you yeah, have a with this like, a different it, take well it makes it complicated i think like a, a solid bright verde kit would be really cool but it's difficult to do with like this this rotation that we have with only two kits um one of them being more like the green is like too dark to be our light color, right? Like the classic bright verde green. And so it like it can't be that with this rotation we have going. Maybe once we get like a, a third kit, like an alternate like an alternate kit, maybe then we could have like a pure bright verde one. 
but yeah, right now I I don't really know. I think like the best we can hope for is if you look at like Philadelphia's uh, like their Simpsons kit with like the the yellow clouds all over it. That is light colored, and I think they'll wear that against dark kits sometimes. And so we could maybe still get something interesting, but light colored. Um, but yeah, I again I I wouldn't be that upset if it, if it's something simple and as cool looking as the Sentimento kit. I'm happy with that. And they can like stay clean and classic with the secondary kit and then have their fun with the primary one, which is the the barcode one right now. Uh, we got a Alex Rubio question. I think we touched on it a little bit, but let's just maybe um, uh, maybe a few weeks ago refer- uh, get, get back to it. So it's Austin FC and FCTO have the same style of play. What makes the second team so successful when compared to the first team? Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember how what exactly we said when we kind of referenced this before, but it's the quality of the players on the team compared um, to the level of play, effectively, right? It's yeah, compared the to their the the level of their competition, right? Yeah, so it's they're playing a very similar style and just doing it better. Uh, and I think it's for several reasons, but the the quality being different and then also just, yeah, the, like for that level, our players were better than the players on the other team. Yeah, and especially defensively, right? Because the Austin FC 2, is a, two doesn't score a lot of goals either, just like the first team doesn't score a ton of goals. And still played like Nobody pretty, gets past Damian Loss. Played pretty risky at times too. Um, and like would throw numbers forward and, and get guys in there. And we just had players who could, who could uh, do something in transition whenever the other team went the other way. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot. I don't think there's a lot more to it than that. Um, do you want to go to this Brian Mangum question then? It is, is that is in recognition of us. I want to, okay. I'm going to ask the question and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it two questions now in recognition of us all being asked repeatedly to let Roto cook. Please share your favorite go-to dinner recipe. <laughs> what is the origin of this term? I mean, I keep, I see it a lot. I see it a lot it's, in Slack. I see it a lot on social media, but I don't remember where it came from. It's just something that you'd say is to let X cook, let whoever you're talking about cook. And like, it's like, let them do their thing. Don't, don't talk about them. Like they know what they're doing. Let them do their thing. And when I think about somebody like young and, and with it and, and connected to that kind of culture, you think about me? Rodolfo Burrell. No, you, yeah. <laughs> you and Rodolfo Burrell were the same with the first two people that came to mind. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's I think it's just a thing people say and they're applying it to him in this moment. Um, but back to Brian's question. Your favorite go-to dinner recipe. Jeremiah, do you have one? I do. Um, but it's mostly because I'm very lazy. It's like, yeah basically pasta primavera is where I take all the veggies that are about to go bad in my like vegetable drawer, cut them all up in little pieces, cook them in some, um, like cook them in some olive oil and throw some pasta and some red sauce in there and maybe Turkey or something. And like make, make a dish out of whatever I happen to find in the fridge. That sounds great. I, I have a version of this that I, that I like to call shrug lunch because it's often when, if I'm working from home, Ashley is on phone calls like almost all day, every day uh, for work. And so oftentimes I'll like throw together a lunch with just like whatever 
is in the refrigerator. We've got leftovers from three different meals and some bread or some pasta. And I just like make something. And then I call it a shrug lunch because I'll walk into her office while she's on a phone call and I sit it down and then I just shrug and walk away. <laughs> okay, here you go. Um, but my, yeah, my go-to recipe, we'll do just like a simple like beans and rice and fresh greens kind of thing. It's like really fast and relatively healthy, but I also have gotten into doing a salmon dish. We'll, we'll get, uh, some salmon and I'll mix up soy sauce, sesame oil, and that chili crisp. Have you had any of chili, this I have not chili had, crisp nope. stuff? It's gotten popular the last couple of years, but it's very good. It's like, it's like, uh, toasted garlic and seeds and all kinds of like spices all in this like chili oil mixture. And so I'll mix that in, put it on the salmon, put it on some Brussels sprouts or some asparagus or broccoli or something like that, and just throw all that in the oven. And so it's like kind of a nice, a nice dinner that only takes a few minutes to make really. So you, so Ashley's traveling more now. Um, and these are things you make together. So do you eat differently when she's, when she's gone? Yeah, I try, I try to kind of stick to it, but I also throw in when I do a grocery run, I'll throw in a frozen pizza and some like, uh, like frozen microwave lunches just for the days when I don't want to cook anything, but I, tr I try to be a good boy and eat well while she's gone. <laughs> well, that's, I like that, man. I just, I try to minimize the use of dishes if I'm on my own. So like anything that I can eat over the sink, so I don't have to get a plate dirty. And if it's like in a taco or on a bread, so I don't even have to like, <laughs> you know, use utensils. That's, that's my, that's my dream dish. If left, if left to myself, and yeah. then I'll let, the, let the garbage disposal clean it up. Oh yeah. I, I like minimal dishes and as few cooking dishes as I can get away with. As oh, well. absolutely. All right. Well, we'll, we'll leave the listeners on that riveting bit of insight there before we wrap up. We'd like to remind you to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, come find us on Twitter at LVHero87 and jbentley underscore ATX and then at Moon Tower Soccer on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And then sign up for the Patreon. We greatly appreciate your support. We need to start thinking about uh, 2024. We do. Uh, so yeah, rewards. so if you if you have a take on something you would like as a 2024 reward if you're a Patreon subscriber or, or maybe like what would convince you to become one uh, in terms of getting some swag, let us know. Um, we like to encourage you to, to check out Phil West's Substack, verdealday.substack.com slash moon tower. Uh, he's still putting out stuff pretty regularly, even though it's the off season. So still getting value there. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week with whatever Austin FC news happens, or if there's not Austin FC news, we'll come up with something else to talk about. <laughs> um, but until then I'm Landon Cottom. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. We'll catch you next time. When no one is Think for nothing, you never. La gente. Oh my God.